Welcome to part two of the 2023 forecast featuring T. Susan Chang and Andrew B. Watt. Just a reminder, all three of us, Andrew, Susie, and I, are offering 23% off uh, various services and classes using the code 23andU. You can find details for this by going to arnamancy.com slash 2023 or by checking out the show notes. Speak the charm of me. There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. This is the Arnamancy Podcast. The world is weirder than we know. Join your host, Reverend Eric, in his diverse array of amazing guests in an exploration of tarot, magic, the occult, and the history of Western esotericism. The Arnamancy Podcast exists thanks to the support of generous listeners like you. Please consider supporting this podcast for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash arnamancy. Good evening, everybody, or good morning. Welcome back to the Arnamancy podcast. This is part two of our 2023 forecast. I am here with... Uh, tarot reader T. Susan Chang and astrologer Andrew B. Watt, and we are going to be prognosticating. Prog, <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that's the word. Uh, and talking about the second half of the year 2023, which you may be in at this very moment. Um, we, however, are not yet. We are still uh, celebrating the feast of St. John the Evangelist safely back in 2022. <laughs> where things have not yet descended into chaos. Godzilla has not yet destroyed Tokyo. Uh, and there is still, all of California has not fallen into the ocean, only small parts. It's great um, here. I think we should just stay great. here. I love 2022. <laughs> I feel like we we made it through. Uh, everything went super well. We've only got a few days left. It's going to be really hard to screw anything up during um, the last week of the year since nobody does anything. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and yeah, Susie, would you like to introduce yourself for our audience just in case? Yes. Yes, I shall okay. introduce myself. I am T. Susan Chang uh, of tsusanchang.com, tarot reader, teacher, author, etc. Um, just a quick plug for our forthcoming book, uh, The Living Tarot, which is coming out in May of 2023. Um, that is the book version of my online course. Uh, and also will be uh, teaching a mainstream version um, of of the course for Atlas Obscura in that month. But in general, you can find me at tsusanchang.com or at my Etsy site, www.etsy.com slash shop slash tarotista. Uh, thank you, Susie. It, w- thank you for coming back for the second half and not just running away when we took our break. <laughs> <laughs> And Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm an astrologer, artist, and consultant living in western Massachusetts on the west side of the Connecticut River as opposed to Susie's east side. That's Mm -hmm. right. Yes. And today's charts are done using the meridian of the Connecticut River. Um, I have 
been a tarot reader since, or I've been a tarot reader a lot longer than I've been an astrologer, but I've been doing astrology readings professionally for about three and a half years now, and I've been uh, writing a column for nearly four years. This will mark the beginning of my fifth year this July. So we're starting the episode wow. in the in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you, guys, both. I'm. Uh, you know, once again, I'm. I'm super glad to have you guys back. You know, this is uh, the fourth time Andrew and I have done this together, and the third time that that Susie has joined us. Um, just as a quick recap, uh, January first. Uh, we had our ascendant in Libra and Venus is the queen of the year, which makes me very happy. Susie pulled as our year card, the queen of swords, which, um, which could be worse. <laughs> could be worse. It could be worse. It's, uh, it's simply forecasts, um, uh, so a lot of prominent women in the news. And um, yeah, yeah. The, the know. woman in the news that Susie focused on, uh, with that particular card was Queen Elizabeth II, who died when that card came up. In That's this right. Year. Yes. So, I mean, you it, know, uh, she is the deathiest of the queens. She's the. <laughs> 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 Susie already managed to pull for us some pretty terrifying cards in the first half of the year. Uh, let's see if she can round out the second half of the year with, I don't know, maybe a tower, maybe a, a ten of swords. I mean, come on, Susie. <laughs> I know. I've been pulling my punches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's get into July. Andrew, what do we have going on in July? So the chart that we're looking at has the sun at 10 degrees of cancer and 29 minutes. All of the charts that we've looked at have been at 10 degrees, 29 minutes, because that's where the sun was in Capricorn at the moment that the year began on January 1st. Mm -hmm. That sun happens to be in the 11th house in Cancer. So it's rising up in the, in the sky. It's uh, sort of late morning coming up on noon. And we're just past a conjunction of Mercury and the Sun in Cancer. In, uh, in the middle decan, which is called the Walled Garden, and it's associated with the god Hercules in ancient Greek mythology. Uh, not the Twelve Labors, Hercules, but uh, Hercules cross-dressing in the Palace of Hippolyta, the Amazon Queen. Uh. and. I used to not think very keenly or highly of this, but my friend Sarah Mastros, who is uh, a really quite expert witch and consultant, pointed out to me that this is the Hercules that's associated with PTSD. Oh. So I think that I think that it's entirely possible that we will see PTSD in the news in July, uh, and that you and your friends may find it beneficial to talk about PTSD and who in your friends group is affected by some of the issues of PTSD and, and wrestle with that a little bit and mm -hmm. read some experts and put that on your agenda as something to talk about. It's also associated with this very, very masculine figure in Greek mythology dressing like a woman and engaging in womanly acts, sewing, spinning, weaving. And, and I think that there is something to the idea of 
men taking up women's crafts. And of course, while Hercules was doing this mythologically, Hippolyta was wearing the lion skin and out fighting with Hercules' weapons. Mm. So I think this comes back to some of what we saw with the Queen of Swords, that we're being reminded yeah. of those themes all over again. Okay. That the, uh, the super masculine action hero is being handed a puppy and told to sit with the girls, and the, <laughs> the queen is out fighting the battles. Now, that is also reflected in what is happening with Venus and Mars, which are having their annual conjunction in, uh, in Leo and in Leo 3, uh, third decan of Leo. They're not exact yet. It's at 21, 25 degrees, 21 for Venus, 25 for Mars. Uh, and this decan is called the Banner. So it is the idea of both Venus representing the networking or the, the connective tissue of our life experiences combined with Mars, the ambitious or aggressive part of our lives, advancing a cause or a philosophy. And I think that we may see a resurgence of the Me Too movement or hmm. some, uh, some further efforts to chase down misbehaving men during mm -hmm. the month of July. Interesting. And that's uh, Marshall Deccan as well, the, where, uh, where Mars and Venus conjoined there in Leo 3. Yeah. Hmm. We mm -hmm. also should pay attention to what the moon is doing, and the moon is in Sagittarius in this chart. She's, uh, she's in the fourth house in Sagittarius because she's She's the ruler of the moon sign, or she's the, sorry, of course she's the ruler of the moon sign. She's the moon. <laughs> um, but, but she's the ruler of the sign where the sun currently is. And she's saying, look to Jupiter, who's in Taurus. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have themes of travel, tourism, and home. Lots of people go on vacation. They take trips, summer vacations in July. And this is saying, there's a real desire to get out on the road and go and do stuff and, and sort of deal with all of the things that you have put on hold. Family vacations, school trips, all sorts of stuff coming up in June. And Venus is there to help, but Venus is also conjunct Mars. And so a lot of things go wrong with those trips. And all of your trips should involve considerably more planning and care in execution than usual, because you're getting back on the road after a long period of not doing that. And you should be really clear about what your expectations are and really lower uh, your expectations about doing all the things. <laughs> uh, relax, don't schedule every single moment and allow room for serendipity and delay. Hmm. Sounds good. Breathing room. Breathing room. <laughs> All right. All right, Susie, what Eldritch Terror are you about to uh, unleash? <laughs> the Seven of Cups. How about oh, that? Oh, all right. Well, yes and no. Um, oh, come so on. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I mean, I actually, I love this card personally. I call it the card of the artist. Uh, It is, it is the third decan of Scorpio, which is a Venus ruled decan. And it has both the sort of, you know, beautiful visions and arts of Venus, but also the fact that she is in detriment in Scorpio. So there's that sort of debauched, uh, uh, mascara running post hangover kind of uh, <laughs> uh, disheveled and loose Venus going on. Uh, we did get uh, the Seven of Cups before for April 2021. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened in April 2021? Uh, we had in the news a couple of disasters that are kind of Seven of Cupsy. One was the global supply chain uh, crisis. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, you can kind of see in here that sort of longing desire for good things and for the, you know, and for for mass consumption. And yet it's sort of evaporating into the air. Uh, And we also had the religious stampedes in India that um, that. Oh, yeah. 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 So there's sort of like that people possessed by the by a kind of a spiritual fever and Mm -hmm. not to their. Not to their own good. Um, Wait, was that that but, was April twenty twenty two, right? April twenty twenty one. Oh, April, April twenty twenty one. So we're so going way back, looking all the way back. Right. Yeah, in the way back machine. So, um, so yeah, I mean, so those are the kinds of uh, things that could happen, mass delusional type things. Um, but also, you know, who knows? We could have some other sort of form of artistic expression that's in the news in some way, you know, or we could have yet another sort of text to image generator that, (laughs) that (laughs) takes over the news, uh, or, you know, it could, it could be, um, there could be something going on with artifacts, museums and relics Mm -hmm. could be like that. And there could be something going on with substance abuse as well. (laughs) It's it's worth Why not all of them? (laughs) Why not all of them? Yeah, I mean, we could. I, I one thing that I think could very well happen is a discussion of legalization, you know, for mm-hmm. psychedelics or something like that. That's a very Seven of Cups kind of thing that could happen. That third decan of of Scorpio is called the Crow, and mm. it's all about gathering the things. So it's interesting that you mm. mentioned supply chain problems because right. Uranus is in Taurus on the other side of of the uh, the chart in the ninth house, which is about Mm -hmm. long distance travel, among other things. So Uranus is continuing to cause disruptions in long distance travel. And the way that that sort of manifests is as evaporating things no longer on the shelves in your local Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Precisely. So that seven of cups, like there's no planet that's currently in that decan in this chart. Uranus is literally on the other side of the chart at 21 degrees Taurus in a decan ruled by Saturn. And that decan is called the prayer beads, sort of patiently waiting for things to arrive, long periods of delay and figuring out how to use the time productively, even though there is a delay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Well, should we um, move on to August? So for August, we're looking at a chart on August 2nd, when the sun arrives at that 10 degrees 29, but this time in Leo, at 9.08 p.m. 
that puts the sun in the sixth house. It's uh, it's not quite conjunct the lot of fortune at that position, but uh, it does make the sun cadent, even though it's in its own sign. So there's sort of a suggestion of the sun is able to do a lot of things this month, but it's also bogged down in daily routines and and orderly patterns. Uh, the sun rules its own sign here. It's Venus is at 26 degrees of Leo. She's retrograde. So she's prepping to meet up with the sun again. And, uh, and that makes her uh, sextile to Libra. And it makes her square to Taurus. So Libra is the eighth house. So we want to have fun in August. We want to have a great time. Uh, and last month before school vacation is over and sort of back to the, the daily routines of September. But there is a sense in which errands and responsibilities have a tendency to overtake our August this year. I feel like I should mention that because of the way this chart is set up, that Saturn is right on the ascendant in this chart. Okay. Um, not right on it. The ascendant is at three degrees. Saturn is at five degrees, and Saturn is in his own decan in Pisces, which is called the Mark of Exile. Again, we're seeing this theme of listen to the outsiders, listen to the people on the margins, listen to the people who are telling you that things are not great, and recognize that there is this underlying flow of criticism of the way things currently are. I think this also touches on the themes that we had earlier in the year, that there is an opportunity for strikes or worker resistance to the existing standards and norms. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that seems like it's just uh, a, a theme that keeps popping up this year. So that will be important to pay attention to, I think. All right. So... For August. For August. Uh, the card that I've drawn is ha, Seven of Wands. So, <laughs> seven of Yeah. It's our second seven in a row. Yes, yes. And we were talking about this very decan, um, in mm-hmm. fact, where 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 Mars and uh Venus were going to conjoin in, in July. Um this is, you know, uh very much a, a card of struggle and this is the first one that kind of makes me think of this theme of you know um union organization and workers rights that angie's been talking about i would say the seven of wands and the nine of wands might telegraph those things in particular but Mm -hmm. you can see that there's this this spirit of resistance uh of of courage of heart of um of really not caring too much what the consensus says. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you've got the one, the guy with the one wand against the six wands in front of him. The six wands, of course, uh, when you look at the six of wands, you see a mass of people who are all on the same page, and this guy mm-hmm. clearly isn't. So, <laughs> you know, so the, so the one I would expect, first of all, you know, one consistent through line I've seen with Wands cards over the last couple of years is that it's hot. It is hot. There are wildfires, there are droughts, there are heat waves, there's all kinds of 
climatological correlations to Juan's cards. So I would, and especially because this is August. So, yeah. you know, I think that that's exactly the sort of thing we're going to see more of um, with this card. Well, I don't want that. No, no, no. You understand. Yeah. You live in a place where wildfires are a real problem. That's era. right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And the heat waves have been it getting really worse. Is. Yeah. Yeah. But it can also be, you know, wands sometimes show up in much more, um, like, you know, last time when we got the tower, and this is also a martial card, it's Mars mm -hmm. uh, ruling the third decan of Leo. Uh, the last time when we got the tower, it also meant rockets, you know, rockets going up into space. So, right, you know, right. there are other ways that this can show up. Uh, it could be, you know, <laughs> this is my card for the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. That's uh -huh. a whole nother story. But I mean, sports can be associated with this card. There can be some kind of athlete who is, you know, conspicuous in the news or breaks a record or, you know, something like that. It doesn't have okay. to be all war all the time. All with right, regard yeah. to the theme of, of women in power, I think it's mm. worth noting that we've got the sun at 10 degrees of Leo. And we have Venus at 26 degrees in this third decan. So mm. you pointed out that there are six wands that are all on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. And the sun and the lot of fortune are in the decan that's represented by the six of wands. <laughs> right? right. So the sun and uh, as, as in the people who are in charge and the lot of fortune, how we make money. Mm -hmm. are both on the same page. They've both got that six of wands attitude towards the world. But mm -hmm. Venus is in the seventh. And the, mm. so the women are standing up and saying, hold on, not so fast. Right. Now, in astrology, <laughs> 15 degrees is the distance at which the sun overwhelms planets around it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the sun and Venus are at 16 degrees apart. So <laughs> Venus oh. is approaching the sun because she's retrograde and the sun is approaching Venus. But so there's an effort to create reconciliation between what the leaders and what the economy want. But the women are saying not so fast. You have to give us something that we want too. We are the ones who are carrying the banner and we're going to throw a monkey wrench into this deal or this negotiation until we get what we want. Oh. Which is likely to happen later in late in August or uh, even early in September. Hmm. Wow. Speaking of September, let's get on yes. in this. <laughs> <laughs> Eric nice rushing segue. us on. Rushing, come on. <laughs> the chart we're looking at for September is September 3rd at 1.36 a.m. This is a night chart. So it puts the sun and Mercury in uh, at, well, it puts the sun at 10 degrees 29 of Virgo. That puts both the sun and Mercury in the same decan, the one in Virgo, which is called the hammer and the anvil. So this is associated with craftsmanship, with artisanship, with uh, hands-on learning and hands-on activities and making things. Uh, it's ruled by Venus, who is the queen of the year, and the queen of the year happens to be still in Leo, 
next door in the second house of possessions and ownership. So I think there is a sense in which whatever reconciliation was going to happen has happened, and it has left Venus in possession of things that she wants. Mm. That, uh, that Deccan that she's in is the laurel crown. So it's a temporary mm. reprieve, or it's a temporary solution to a problem, but it's not a permanent solution. Um, Mercury, the expert, is, is basically in the, the sun's light. So the experts and the leadership are both on the same page about what needs to be done, and what needs to be done is uh, local improvement and more communication and more analysis and uh, more local problem solving. That's sort of the big thing for okay. September. Hmm. This is, it, it's also worth mentioning that the third house is associated with primary school. And right. September 3rd is very likely the day that a lot of kids will go back to school for the first time mm -hmm. uh, after a summer mm -hmm. vacation. So this is likely to be a, uh, an interesting focal point for the month of September is what does back to school look like this year? Right. Have okay. we learned anything from the previous two years about what kids <laughs> need in schools? Uh -huh. It's a good point. It's a good point. All right. Let's see. What have I got for you for September? Well, I've got the Three of Swords. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Heartbreak. Heartbreaking. Well, you know, oh, people, do not, people don't like this card, but I actually do. Um, you know, I, I actually find it. Uh, a very wise card. You know, it is the card of Saturn exalted in Libra in its own Deccan. Uh, and it is a card that I use to represent contracts of all kinds and, um, uh, and agreements. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't see this as being terrible, actually. I, I see this as being, um, you know, very much a lessons learned kind of card. When Andrew talks about like, we're going back to school and let's see if we figured out how to do this now that, we've, you know, over the last couple of years, I think the mm -hmm. Three of Swords suggests that maybe we have. I mean, it could be a contract renegotiation, uh -huh. you know, something like that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be all bad news all the time. The Although the other thing that, we could go completely in the other direction and say it might be really rainy in September because this is the one card that has rain on it. <laughs> so in which case, you know, rain, hurricanes, air, September is the month for that. So I would be very surprised if we didn't have some hurricanes uh -huh. in the news uh, in, in September, in September, given this, um, given this card. Okay. It's it's also worth noting that this is the middle decan of Libra, which is the mm -hmm. fourth house. So it's, it's the angular fourth house in the chart having to do with household and family. And we have just had, at this point in the year, the south node ingress at 29 degrees of Libra. And by this point, it's at 25 degrees. And Mars has ingressed to four degrees. So they're sort of on opposite sides. And they're framing heartbreak. And it's the idea of families being squeezed 
on the one mm. hand by having less than they are used to, and on the other hand, having considerably more challenges and needs and expectations on the other side from Mars. Like there's there's a combination of you have to do much, much more with much, much less. Mm. Uh, and mm. And in between, we've got the heart stabbed with three swords saying, heartbreak is going to be the result here for a lot of families. And I mean, that so, I can definitely see this as being, if it's in the fourth house, this could be, you know, a hurricane that is devastating to your home mm -hmm. and you having to negotiate with your flood insurance to... You know, to get restitution in some way. That's that is one pretty catastrophic way of reading this card that could also be accurate. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that is something to uh, potentially prepare for then. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess some mm -hmm. of the stuff that Andrew was just talking about was also making me think of some of the bigger economic issues. You know, um, I think at the end, near the end of part one, we, we, uh, had discussed how uh, inflation hadn't really come up yet. And this could have something to do with just right. the ongoing long-term effects, effects of inflation causing that kind of squeeze for lots of families and not just um, yeah, belt tightening. natural disaster. Yeah. And mm -hmm. September is when a lot of those sorts of issues are likely to bite hard because everybody mm -hmm. by summertime has had their summer growth spurt and all the kids need new clothes before they can go <laughs> back to school. Mm -hmm. and yeah. You know, they need new pencil cases and new new notebooks and supplies. And what does that look like yeah. in September? Yeah, or it's also a time, you know, where people might have gone on vacation or, or spent or overspent a little bit during the summer and have to come to terms with the fact that their finances are extra crunched. I am absolutely not speaking from personal <laughs> no, you wouldn't know anything about that. With with um, regard to that idea of travel, though, mm -hmm. in this chart for September third, we've got Neptune and the Midheaven and Saturn all in Pisces in the ninth house, mm. which is about long distance travel. So it's definitely the idea of mm. vacations being complicated, restricted, and and limited by. Uh, by some factors represented by Saturn and Neptune, on the other hand, saying things blown way out of proportion and all of our normal limits and boundaries being overwhelmed. And now the bill comes due as we come home and we start reading our mail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, let's see. What month comes after September? October 3rd. October. So the sun reaches uh, 10 degrees, 29 minutes of Libra on October 3rd at 7.17 p.m. Mm -hmm. We have two eclipses this month, one on Whoa. October 14th and one on October 28th. Wow. Now... The October 14th one is occurring is a solar eclipse occurring in Libra. And the main path of the eclipse runs uh, across North and South America on a path that runs roughly from Seattle, Washington to, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Recife or Recife, Brazil, uh, and, and sort of stumbles along the Texas-Mexico border for yeah. a long stretch. I think that this has a very 
likely, a very high likelihood of being, among other things, a manufactured or real crisis on the American-Mexico border. Mm. Eclipses that occur in cardinal signs frequently represent very specific events as opposed to sustained uh, trouble, which is what you see in fixed signs, or struck sudden rapid structural change, which is what you see in mutable signs. This is likely to be a very specific event, and it could occur any time in the two to three months between October and the end of the year and, and sort of the middle of January. But the effects are likely to sort of reverberate for several years thereafter. Yikes. The, okay. The lunar eclipse covers the Eastern Americas, Europe, Africa, Asia, Australia, and Alaska. Uh, which sign uh, is it in? It's in Taurus. Uh, and, and Taurus has got both Jupiter retrograde and Uranus in it during mm. this month. So it's much more likely to cause disruptions. And I think it's, it's interesting that among other places that it affects is Iceland, which has been responsible for a lot of the volcanic activity on the Atlantic side of the planet. It's also going mm -hmm. to touch on Greenland, which has not been volcanic recently, but could be. Mm. Um, and, and we have seen a lot of uh, eruptions when it comes to eclipses in Taurus. Mm. So uh, disruptions in the Earth and Earth shaking. Mm -hmm. It's also, you know, including places that are going to be strongly affected by either famines or blockades or embargoes of food coming out of the breadbasket of Europe, a.k.a. Ukraine. And this is the season when that food is going to have to leave in October. So August to October is sort of that season. So uh, Uranus suggests sudden and unexpected and possibly unpleasant surprises. Jupiter suggests human law or human legal activities to try to solve some of those problems. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's happening in a fixed sign. So a sort of long, sustained crisis lasting for several months, a very slow-moving and kind of difficult negotiated problem and solution. All right. Mm. Well, now we just have to hope that Susie doesn't pull the ten of volcanoes or whatever she's got. In there. <laughs> I wasn't aware that we had yes. a suit of volcanoes. The you never know. Floods and famine. <laughs> you never know what's going on on the other side of the Connecticut River. Oh look! Oh, it's the oh. tower. Yay! The tower. That is the ten it's, of volcanoes. We did get the tower, the ten of volcanoes. Yeah, I mean, you know, referring back to the last time we got the tower, I told you a little bit about some of the things that happened. But um, <laughs> just to just Ugh. to give you a sense, um, let's see. Which uh, this is the one where we had rockets. I think yes, mm -hmm. um, we had rockets. We had. It's funny, I'm not seeing it right now. Um, oh, that's because it was in 2021 is when we oh. had it. Okay, so we had protests, bombs, and accidents. Uh, 
We had the SpaceX rocket and a Chinese rocket going up. We had the uh, opioid trial. Back down again. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't even. I just I just read the uh, read the headlines, and nobody cares if they come back down again. We also had Werner von Braun didn't. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we had fires. We had a volcano in Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there was also the the that awful situation of um, there was a Canadian school children's remains found on a on a property. Oh, uh, remember oh God, that that's awful right. thing yeah. that happened? Yeah. yeah. So you know, I mean, I can't say other than the rockets. You know, the tower really did deliver some 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 difficult stuff in May of 2021. And uh, and we can't say that it's it's not likely to. I mean, I think when we see eclipses, two eclipses in the month of October, plus the two tower, eclipses, plus the tower. This is going to be the worst Halloween ever. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be very surprised if events that had been building all year did not come to a head uh, in in October looking at this um it is the te- you know with the tower it is associated with Mars the planet so mm-hmm. you know martial activity um insurrections wars uh, arms deals all those sorts of things can occur with the tower um yeah and because it's in October rather than the summer i don't think it's going to be um as obviously climatological as mm-hmm. it might be, but uh, but I'm afraid that military activity is pretty likely. Yeah, that's... It, uh... it is worth noting that mm-hmm. this will be the last eclipse in Taurus, um, mm-hmm. because October 3rd is the... By October 3rd, the date of this chart that we're looking at, the North Node is actually in Aries, not in Taurus. The eclipse can occur within about 12 degrees of, of the nodal position. Uh, but this is sort of the beginning of the Aries, uh, the Aries Libra cycle. So we'll have the first eclipse in, in Libra and the last eclipse in Taurus. So the shaking of the Earth sort of comes to an end at this point, but it is also the beginning of the rising fire of, uh, mm. of eclipses in Aries. Right, right. So all you Aries risings like Eric <laughs> need to duck and cover. <laughs> oh, I was already planning on that. You know, uh, when when the when you've got two eclipses plus the tower, I feel like that's a that's a good month to um, hide. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where I would be I would be taking extra precautions. We do have. Mars as the ascendant of this chart on October oh, right. 3rd. Okay, but Mars yeah. is in opposition. Mars is at 24 degrees, and he's right on top of the south node and opposite the north node. Mm-hmm. So there's there's Mars, first of all, in detriment, sort of the the soldier or the police officer standing in the marketplace with nothing to do. The, the mall cop who hasn't got anything on his agenda except to harass <laughs> a few teenagers. Yeah. And lots of people around him doing legitimate buying and selling, uh, keeping order in a place where people are prepared to be orderly anyway. Mm. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, and Venus, of course, is the ruler of Libra, and she and the sun are in mutual reception with one another. Mm. So Venus right. is direct in Libra in the fifth house, and, uh, and the sun is in, uh, is in Libra in the seventh house. This is a good month to get your Christmas shopping done. Yeah, I mean, as long as there's not a volcano for or some a war. That's, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yes, but this may be a useful point to remember something that John Rockefeller said. I think it's John Rockefeller. Uh-huh. When there is blood in the streets, buy. Ah, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So cynical. You know, yeah. It, it is a very cynical attitude, but we've been looking at things that suggest that the second half of the year may in fact have supply chain problems. It may have, um, we have strikes sort of in the middle third of the year that sort of May to August may be problematic. We have fires and disruptions to transit grids. Like if you want to have a nice Christmas, October looks like a great month to go out and have fun and Buy some of the stuff that you're going to need for the end of the year. <laughs> I hate to be cynical about it, but but plan your December in October. <laughs> All right, that's <laughs> that's probably good advice. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I was just sort of thinking uh, if we if we should have a, a bingo card for um, how long it takes uh, Andrew to quote a Rockefeller when we're doing these <laughs> forecastings. <laughs> <laughs> oh all right all right let's uh let's move on to my favorite month november which i'm sure you guys both have lots of good news about uh we're looking at a chart of november 3rd mm-hmm. at twelve twenty-seven a.m that puts the sun at the midnight position gives us a night chart uh the sun is square to the ascendant in this chart the sun is at 10 degrees 29 minutes and the ascendant is at 16 degrees of leo so they're out of alignment we've also got the sun mars and uh and mercury in all in the middle decan of scorpio which is called the alchemical apparatus for mutual distillation or the double distiller I, I, I should mention that that all of these uh the names that i use for the decans come out of austin Coppock uh and his book 36 decans or 36 faces and 36 i hope faces. that i hope that the second edition of this book comes out because i think that it is one of the most important resources and the list of the names of the decans that he's come up with is an incredibly useful tool for memory and for learning a lot more about the nuances of the 12 signs that more yeah. astrologers should really be using. So Yeah, it's just we've been waiting for the second edition for like 10 years now. 2 years, but who maybe it's 3. No, but no it's been a it's while. A long been time. It it's been a, a long, long time. Long time. Yeah. It, I yeah. I hope this is the year that we see it come out because uh it is an incredibly valuable resource and more astrologers and magicians need access to it it's gonna sell out immediately too that's the thing we're gonna have to wait for the third edition now all of a sudden Um, maybe this time they'll actually plan for a second printing which would be even better (laughs) you know well it's austin is a self 
publishing it, so it will be under his control, which I think will oh, be better for everyone. Uh, yes, by and large, of course. His um, the hiatus has been very good for Thirty Six Secrets. <laughs> my book. Uh, by T. Susan Chang. There will be a link to it in the show notes. <laughs> we have we have a fairly strong series of oppositions between the tenth house representing career, job, reputation, and fourth house. Mm-hmm. And up in the tenth house, we have Jupiter and Uranus and the midheaven sort of all clustered in, uh, in the second and third decans, all telling us that we really need to be focused on the material aspects of our career and our reputation. And on the other hand, we have the Imam Kaili, the Sun, Mars, and Mercury saying that our ambitions, our communication, and our hopes and dreams for the future should all be focused on family. And this was something that came up in the chart for January 1st, right? Mm-hmm. That there is a need to focus our attention on what does our family and household need moving forward into the future. And November is where we encounter a variety of challenges around what that looks like. Right. Because with, the, um, with this first eclipse in Libra, Libra here is in the third house. So the next monthly chart after the first eclipse in Libra, Libra is acting as the house of friends and relations. Mm -hmm. So we're being told in some sense here that we have to be aware that all of our efforts to build a, a reliable and stable and safe place for family is likely to be challenged at the Thanksgiving dinner table. <laughs> and that the work that we've done to build a friendly and, and happy and stable relationship with our family and with our household is likely to have its real test just a month out from the end of the year. And mm-hmm. a lot of attention is going to be focused on whether or not we have successfully built a, a, a sustainable household and family when it comes time to sit down for Thanksgiving dinner at the end of November together. All right. Well, let us see if I have any good news to share with the two of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is November. Come on, It's the hanged man. Hey, you know. Yeah. It's a good card. Well, I do like the hanged man. I mean, you know, uh, it is a card. It's complex. It's, it's, Definitely it has is. themes of altruism and sacrifice, and you know, and as a major card, it does make for powerful experiences. I have not, I don't think that in recorded history of this podcast, this Fordcast <laughs> tradition that we have, we've not seen the hanged bed. But, um, but you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of discussion about about our values, about the, what we prize, what we think is important, what we think um, matters beyond the sort of normal survival skills and materialism and, uh, you know, and, and, and I can kind of see how that might dovetail with what Andrew was saying about, you know, the family discussions at the Thanksgiving table and, <laughs> and the threats to that stability, because the hangman is... <clears throat> is kind of like the seven of wands in that he doesn't really care 
whether what he says fits in with what everyone believes. He's got his mm-hmm. own set of values, principles, and beliefs, and he's willing to do just about anything, you know, um, to to follow them. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was, you know, some questions of faith, religion, spirituality that come to the fore in this month in one way or another. How, I couldn't say, but um, but hmm. it does look profound. And also, um, the other thing that I really have to mention is that always with, uh, with these water cards of water, the hangman is a card of water, uh, just in the same way that the um, Seven of Cups that we got in July was, there's always the possibility of a watery disaster. <laughs> Because that's uh, something I've seen repeatedly. That's an interesting point because we have the moon in Cancer at 16 degrees. We have Mars in Scorpio at 15 degrees. And of course, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Pisces 15 degrees, mm-hmm. which is almost exactly halfway between um, Saturn and Neptune. Uh, not Yeah, Saturn and Neptune in Pisces, which is in the eighth mm. house. Hmm. So hmm. there, there is a sense of people who have middle placements in in Pisces are going to be pretty hard challenged by November. Mm. Yeah, hmm. last year when we had the Moon, similarly watery card, also related to Pisces, we had it in October. Sorry, twenty twenty one. We had the Moon for October twenty twenty one, and we did experience tremendous flooding. Um, during that month. So uh, hmm. that's the sort hmm. of thing that can happen with these watery cards. That middle decan of Pisces is called the net, and it's associated with the net of Indra, um, a, a net of adamant wire that is joined with diamonds at the knots that sort of make the net. And so the fish inside the net are constantly wondering if this is a palace or if this is a trap. Um, so what I'm what I'm kind of seeing here is that in September, when your budget is getting a little squeezed, you might want to buy um, a bulletproof vest, uh, <laughs> a fireproof tarp, and a boat. <laughs> yeah, November okay. is not a month yeah. to be totally boatless. Yeah, yeah, get a boat. Yeah. You're going to want a boat yeah. in November. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's true. We've got fire in October and flood in November, the tower and the hangman. Hmm. Oh, okay, all right. Don't know if I'm ready for December. Uh, I'm glad that I've got a whole year to prepare for it, so let's, let's, let's hear what we got. Well, we're looking at a chart for December 2nd at 5.43 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We've got Venus in Libra. She's the queen of the year. She's in her own sign, admittedly pretty late in the sign. She's in the, uh, the third decan at 27 degrees. We have the sun just passed his conjunction with Mars at 10 degrees, 29 minutes of Sagittarius. Sagittarius is, of course, ruled by Jupiter, who's in Taurus, answering to Venus in Libra, but Venus is in conjunct. So, a sense of a disconnect between your friends and your associates and your responsibilities to them on the one hand, and what does your family need on the other hand? Chosen family, people living under your own roof, 
And the smart money in this chart is uh, is saying you won't get to spend all of the time with your family, your chosen household that you would like, but that's where to bet. That's where to put your money and your effort and your energy is on keeping family and household uh, in a state of a reasonable repair and happiness and keep that community standing up. That's where the lot of fortune is. And both Venus and the lot of fortune are in, you know, sort of a loose conjunction with the South node. So family likely to be stressed out or have some difficulty, but keep that community standing, even at the risk of alienating some of your friends or, or wider association. All right, that's uh, that's actually pretty good advice to have going into the holiday it's months. It's not bad advice, uh, generally. Yeah. yeah, going into the holiday months of any year. Yeah, All for right. sure. Let's see what we've got here. Ace of Swords. All Ace right, swords. not bad, yeah. not bad. So yeah, I mean, I think what I always tell people about the Ace of Swords is that it's decision time. Right. You know, this is a a card that really, really literally puts a point on it. So if you've been kind of waffling over something or trying to sort of uh, uh, occupy the middle ground and mediate, uh, this card will force you to pick a side, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, it will force you to pick a side and to finally come to a decision on something. So, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we've not gotten it before, so I couldn't tell you exactly what, how it's likely to show up. We have gotten the Ace of Wands before, and, well, I won't even tell you what happened then because it was terrible. But the Ace of Swords... <laughs> but the Ace of Swords, you know, can be breakthroughs. They can be intellectual breakthroughs, great inventions. Um, you know, it can be some some intellectual breakthrough, some mental breakthrough, some bright idea that transforms the way we do things. I mean, yeah. what if, you know, what if the, the promise of fusion starts I was to just thinking about um, that. create cleaner energy? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I generally am pretty psyched to see any kind of ace showing up mm -hmm. well you know i might not be so excited to be the <laughs> to see the ace of wands anymore now that we've lived through it but the <laughs> ace of the ace of swords you know i i think it's it shows um a mental clarity which um which we can all welcome hopefully it is not simply the sword that uh cleaves apart the friend's from their family in the disconnect that the Andrew was talking about earlier. Yeah. Hopefully um, not. Yeah. I mean, it can cause people to kind of stand on principle a bit is, mm -hmm. is the one thing that you have to be careful. I mean, if you look at the progression from ACE to 10 of swords, right, you have um, what starts out as a kind of a statement of principle developing into fanaticism by the right. time you get to the end. So that's always the danger with sword cards. But, um, but you know, reviewing and considering what's really um, worth worthwhile to you and um, important to you is not a bad thing. And mm -hmm. if the Ace of Swords causes you to preserve that while cutting away the fat and the extraneous things that you don't need anymore, I think that's all to the good. Yeah. You know, um, that sounds good. 
Yeah, it does sound good. And it was, I was just sort of thinking, you know, we were just sort of making fun of the fact that we just had three months of calamity, both in, um, <laughs> both in the in the in the stars and the cards. Yes. Um, <laughs> And typically, uh, out of that sort of, uh, t- typically out of struggle, we see new inventions, new ideas, new bre- new breakthroughs, new things come forward. Like, you know, every time humanity is faced with with disaster and lives through disaster, we always come up with with uh, innovations that prepare us better mm-hmm. for the next thing. So it could be that that Ace of Swords is sort of saying like. Uh, watch for new ideas, watch for new innovations and new developments that uh, hopefully are good for all of humanity that are coming out of a couple of difficult months. Could absolutely be. I like the way you wrap that up and put a bow on it. I mean, I I uh, have to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be 2019 Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try to be 2020 Andrew a little bit here and be a little bit more pessimistic. Okay. Uh, I, I think that it's worth remembering that disasters and challenges have a tendency to happen fast Mm -hmm. and Mm. solutions frequently take longer. I'm I'm very fond of a Mm -hmm. saying by Woodrow Wilson that government answers to Darwin when people (laughs) wanted to answer to Newt to reference an (laughs) earlier conversation, right? That that we, we want policy to sort of be fire and forget. We want to set it and then not make any changes to it for a Mm -hmm. long time. But the Mm -hmm. reality is that the moment that a government makes a policy or sets rules or regulations in place, people adjust their behavior accordingly. And and new paths open up, but new paths have a tendency to evolve slowly in response to government changes rather than quickly. So the government may institute some new policies or procedures, but the wrangling of what those procedures should be will take a lot longer because government keeps trying to do the Newtonian thing and say, if we can only get the rule exactly right, everything will work (laughs) fine. And the reality is that government should make rules much faster and change them much faster. Mm. So solutions have a tendency to be slow where crisis happens to usually be fast. well we'll see i mean i hope you know swords are associated with the element of air and i i certainly hope that the ace of swords will prove to be a breath of fresh air uh rather than you know (laughs) the killing blow (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'd rather have um a breath of fresh air than the sword of Damocles or whatever. Um, yeah. Let's hope that it's, uh, you know, rather than the executioner's ax, that this is like, you know, a tiny sword, like a, like a sewing noodle or a vaccine booster. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, maybe it'll be the hot sword that is used to cauterize the wounds of uh, the year. There you go. <laughs> we have just yeah, metaphored that card that sort to of death. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. So, uh, looking over uh, all, of, I I took a lot of. This is the first year I think that I've taken this many notes, or if not, it's the first year that I know where my notes are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what I would like to ask is like, so after, I guess this is probably more fair for Andrew since he's had a lot of time to sit with his charts that, 
that he had to calculate ahead of time. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts about the year as a whole? I think that the big thing that we should all take away from the astrology of the last several years with, with Saturn first in Capricorn and then in Aquarius, and now sort of in the process of transitioning into Pisces for the next three years, is that we're moving from a place where Saturn has been unusually strong and first causing a great deal of, of trauma and difficulty and then saying, get up early and work hard. That's the Saturn in Aquarius. To Saturn not being in a position to cause nearly so much trouble, but stirring the waters, as it were. And all of the other planets have periods of strength and weakness, but, but Saturn is, has sort of made most of his major mischief for the next 30 years, I hope. I hope so, too. So that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I don't think that this year is going to be the year that, that everything goes away. Because Saturn in the first decan of Pisces is still in a decan that he rules, and it's the one called the Mark of Exile. It's the one that that is uh, is associated with the idea of listen to the outsiders, listen to the the critique, recognize that the critique carries important truths that need to be acknowledged, mm-hmm. and that I think is the key message of the year is that. The real nature of time is saying, you have been hit hard over the last five years of Saturn passing through its own signs, and now the time has come for you to actually wrestle with what the new normal is and set some expectations around the fact that you really cannot go back to the way that things were in 2018, 2017 and expect that to be the new normal. Mm-hmm. The, the new normal mm-hmm. is not the same as the old normal. The new normal is something new, and you have to be prepared to listen to the outsiders and accept that the outsiders are right about a lot of things that you haven't been paying attention to. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. go out and pick some outsider voices and listen to them, because that's going to tell you how to get to the new normal faster and more easily. Yeah, in yeah. other words, subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, I would say just looking at sort of the overall rundown of cards this year as opposed to last year and the one before, that this is the first time that we've had a really balanced sort of elemental uh, distribution of cards with some actual Earth cards, some mm-hmm. cards of, you know, uh, of, uh, of pentacles or, or Earth. And I think that that could finally mean that we're getting into a period where we just focus on the practicalities of, you know, of how we are all going to live together and make things work. You know, it's not going Mm -hmm. to be, you know, I don't think I'm talking about, you know, world peace or, or or kumbaya (laughs) or anything like that, but just like people making a few logistically smart moves about how to, make energy and money and resources work for everybody you know that would be that would be a a very nice way for these earth cards to play out in the year ahead 
That would be incredible to see, and that sounds very optimistic. I like that. Yes, I awfully. Hope, I hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I guess listening to to all of this, I it does look like there will be challenges. Uh, you know, it is it is sort of uh, nice to sort of get this information so that you can at least try to be ready. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> we will see. We will see. We literally um, will see. We literally will see. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I guess as it is, we should just uh, enjoy this last week of coasting along through the dregs of 2022, um, where uh, hopefully <laughs> nothing serious will happen. We are all, um, hopefully, except for those in the coldest parts of the United States right now, uh, we're mostly cozy. Even even Andrew has managed to put on a sweater in his um, <laughs> sub-zero basement. <laughs> I, it, it is only 50 degrees. It's, it should be in the 60s, but it's not. <laughs> you're, you're managing it really well. So far, you so are. good. You are. You're being stoic. I haven't seen like your nose freeze and fall off yet or anything like that, so... <laughs> Thank you guys both so much for uh, doing this again. Like, I love doing these. I know that it can be a huge pain to set up and to get ready, but um, uh, not for I me. Really... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I enjoy I, I them. Let you guys I en- do the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> I love working with both of you, and I love talking to you guys about this stuff. And I love, uh, you know, I mean, the other thing that I really have enjoyed about this is just watching how your techniques and skills have evolved in doing these sorts of like long-term things. You know I mean? Yeah. yeah. Susie doing all of this analysis, you know, and looking at sort of past trends, uh, the, the the way, you know, Andrew, your um, method of looking at uh, monthly charts and annual charts and how to sort of like figure out how these things sort of progress throughout the year. Like it's been fascinating to watch this and fascinating to see your techniques evolve and, the conversations sort of congeal more and are hopefully we're, we're, we're learning to become a little bit more honest with our uh, divination and, yes. and do a better job yes. listening to our stuff, which is really Yeah, and it does amazing. seem, I mean, the, and it's reassuring to have done this for a few years because you can see that the divination is accurate. Sometimes it's only... A mm-hmm. really obvious why in hindsight. But, uh, That's true. It, but, I'm but sure. The divination is accurate. <laughs> Once we've been doing it for 20 years, perhaps we'll have a better sense of what the future right. will hold. But <laughs> well, I do think that the more frequently we do this, the better we get at it. And, mm-hmm. That's true. You know, That's true. As as mm-hmm. I recall. Susie, last year you afterwards you were like, I'm not really sure that tarot can be used this way. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you have proved to your own satisfaction that better than average, it can be used this way. It can. And you have it used it very can. effectively this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. that's very reassuring. No, I think it really it really can be done. There is a there is the possibility of mundane tarot. Um but uh, it's just uh, like anything else. It's the it's the subjectivity that you view it that is the key to uh, to to whether it works or not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, uh, in closing, um, you know, uh, T Susan Chang can be found at tsusanchang.com. 
And also, uh, she from from there you can find links to her Etsy shop where she yes, sells really cool absolutely. stuff like mm-hmm. tarot bags, tarot readings. She's got like books out about tarot and all sorts of stuff, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then Andrew B. Watt can be found at andrewbwatt.com where he has a rich wealth of information about astrology, including what is it two years now of Deccan's um, material, three years, yeah. Two two years of Deccan's material and and coming up on I think four years of astrology columns based on the Deccans, which mm-hmm. they don't always come out on the first, the tenth, and the twentieth of each month. That but that's about when they come out. Right, uh, whenever it's because you're on a lunar comes, calendar. <laughs> well, it's whenever the sun passes into the uh, into the and, new Deccan is when right, I write right. it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. almost the old Roman knowns, ides, and calends, but it's not quite. Yeah, which is most <laughs> but frustrating. Of course, that's right. exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in addition, Andrew has plenty of material for uh, astrological magic. He's got, you know, his new Orphic hymns that he's done, and and mm-hmm. poems for. Wait, do you have do you have poems for the Deccans? You have poems for the Mansions of the Moon. I have, have poems for the Deccans, poems for the Mansions of the Moons, poet poems for the planets um some constellations there's a poetic catalog that you can access through the front page on andrewbwatt.com mm-hmm. and i did the calculation and it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 17,000 lines of astrological poetry wow, which is crazy and amazing and it's I, and i love the I, I think the only ones that i've used of yours are your your new orphic hymns but i love them they are great um so you can find plenty of ways to support uh support my two guests here by buying readings and books and materials from them uh in addition the charts for the two forecast episodes will be available on the Arnamancy Patreon and the Andrew B. Watt Patreon, so you can go there and get those. There will be links in the show notes for all of that material. Yeah, and uh, I hope that you tell your friends to come and listen to the forecast episodes so that they too can be prepared for volcanoes, floods, wars, um, and uh, cold fusion. <laughs> so, forearm, for, forewarned is forearmed, as we like for, to say. <laughs> that might actually be my first tattoo is uh, here on my arm. I want to get the word forewarned. oh no 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 that's where we will end this episode thank you all for listening this has been another episode of the arnamancy podcast thank you for joining me i have been your host reverend eric you can find arnamancy online at arnamancy.com and you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found if you like what you hear please consider supporting the arnamancy project for as little as one dollar a month at patreon.com slash arnamancy. 